Welcome to the ENA Podcast. This is the ENA Podcast, and this is Dan Campana, the Director of Communications for the Emergency Nurses Association, welcoming you to, uh, it's taken a little bit of time, but it is the first episode of 2022. And uh, we're, we're literally kicking off this year with a, with a great story from one of our members uh, who um, didn't expect to be in a situation that he was, but you know, like every good nurse, especially an emergency nurse, you act when you're called upon. And no matter where you're at, no matter what your plan was for that day, if you see the need, you're going to go out and you're going to help somebody and make a big difference. And um, with that, I'm going to welcome Jerry Mills to the ENA podcast. Jerry, uh, good afternoon. How are you today? Doing good. How are you doing? Hello to the ENA world. <laughs> all, my nurse, all my emergency nurses out there. I love it. I love it. Great shout out. Great energy. Uh, Jerry, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that uh, you know, you're, you, you've been an emergency nurse. You've, you've done some other things in your career um, you know, in the first responder world. Just, just give everybody a little bit of a background of, of who you are. Well, uh, back in 2009, I started out as a firefighter paramedic uh, with the city of Covington Fire Department. Uh, it's a smaller department across the river from Cincinnati. Uh, it's actually in Kentucky. Uh, I did that while I was a fireman. I went to nursing school. Um, as a fireman, you work probably nine days a month because you work 24 on and 48 off. So I had a little bit of time on my hands. So I went to nursing school. I got my ADN at the Christ College of Nursing. And being a fireman paramedic, I just gravitated to the ER. You know, I was, I'm, a, I'm an adrenaline junkie. So I love that trauma. You know, I love the drama. I love our crazy patients that want to cuss at you and fuss at you and, you know, all that type of stuff, you know. And so from there, you know, I worked as a fireman and a nurse for a while. Then I ended up taking a little contract down in uh, Louisiana for about eight months um, their ER in Louisiana was a little slow. So then I ended up applying to, um, the VA in Dallas and I got the job there and that's where I'm at now. Um, transitioning right now to the, uh, ICU, uh, to get a little more experience, but I'm still ER at heart. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it, it's hard to, it's one of those things from what I've learned over the years with ENA is that once you're in the ED, you don't, it doesn't go away. You know, you've got that right. mentality. It, you take it wherever you go. Um, and in your case, you took that ED nurse mentality with you on a trip, uh, you know, back north. So are, are you originally from Ohio or Kentucky or where are you from in that area? I am from Cincinnati. I okay. born and raised in Cincinnati. Um, as it is, the fire department jobs, they're hard to get. And one of the one of the smaller departments, Covington, Kentucky, actually hired me. So uh, I was excited, you know, to be a part of it. All right. So you mentioned that, you know, you're working down in Texas and you, you took that ED mentality with you as you traveled north not too long ago to go see your beloved Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs, yes. right? Um, yes. How did that trip come about? I mean, the playoffs in Cincinnati football, I mean, it, it's not as synonymous as some other cities, but, you know, <laughs> it sounds like you couldn't, you know, they were playing a home game. They had a chance for their yeah. first win in a, in a long time. It didn't sound like you were going to miss that opportunity. No, so it, it was it was kind of crazy how it happened. Um, I was actually not going to make it because I had to work. And so I ended up uh, talking to my boss. Well, actually, 
my brother-in-law is the running back coach for the Bengals. Okay. They reached out to me and said, hey, we have a ticket if you want to come and see the game. We know you're a Bengals fan. And they, you know, I've been to various games with them, you know, through him. And so um, when they said they had a ticket, I said, all right, I'm a trap. So I went and talked to my my manager. My manager was like, okay, staffing looks great. Cool. Go ahead. So I went and I was just so excited because, you know, the game wasn't until 4.30, but I went down there at 10 o'clock that morning (laughs) and started tailgating with all the Bengals fans. And you would think that it wouldn't have been that many people down there. It was packed. (laughs) <laughs> at 10 o'clock in the morning I mean packed down there so everybody tailgating just drinking and having a ball so you know like you were saying you know there's a lot of action before the game even gets starts but things took a turn right you know before yes, things get did. started um and you've gotten some pretty big attention around the country around this so um tell us a little bit about how you ended up making a big difference in the life of somebody who was there to cheer on the Raiders Right. So, so funny. Um, we had, we were tailgating with some of the fans down there and I, it was, so being from Texas, I'm not used to the cold anymore. And so I had on layer upon layer upon layer. So I started to sweat. We go back to my brother's car. I go and I uh, just rip off my clothes because my two underlayers are sweaty and wet. And so I'm hanging them to dry. Once they dry, we head back to the stadium because now it's time for the gates to open here in a little bit. So as we're walking to the gates, I see uh, I see um, Mr. Um, Fernandez fall. And so then I was like, uh, you know, he's probably drunk. And then I see the police and then I, I see him, um, you know, kind of moving there like in the So I get over there and I'm like, oh, he's having a seizure. And I'm like, does he have a history? And they're like, no, his grandson's like, no, I don't think so. So I just as an emergency nurse, you know the look, that look of pulseless and they're, they're, they're going down a drain. And so when I look at his face and I see him just go pale and I feel for a pulse, I'm like, shoot, he doesn't have a pulse at all. And so then I tell the cop, move back because they rolled him on his side. I push him over to his back and I just start uh, doing chest compressions right away. And as I'm doing chest compressions, as it is, you know, being a healthcare worker, another nurse that was an OR nurse comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and she's like, I got his airway. So she positions his airway. And then she's like, anybody got a pocket mask or anything like that? And nobody has one. And so I'm going to town on, you know, doing chest compressions. She takes his shirt that's still, you know, right there and puts it over his mouth. And she gives him like two rescue breaths. And so as I'm still uh, doing chest compressions, I see his eyes kind of widen and I'm like, oh, we got him back. And so now I feel for a pulse and we got him and I see him mouthing what's what's going on. And so then he's he's coming around and he's looking great. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we roll him over on his side, you know, just to help him breathe, you know, put him in a recovery position. And and I can see he's still agonal, though. And so the stadium staff. Uh, they come around so nonchalantly because I guess by, by the time they seen us, we had rolled him over and he was, you know, it looked like he had some movement, which he was. And so, so they're so nonchalant. And so I see them and I, I motion to them. I say, hey, I need a bag valve mask. Hey, guys, give me a bag valve mask. So by this time, one of the stadium workers is kneeling next to me. The other guy drops the bag and he's so nonchalantly looking for the bag valve mask. And I'm like, look, I need this bag. And so then he pulls it out wraps it like he's opening a piece of candy so casual and cool I'm like dude he is about to go back into cardiac arrest and so then the guy this time I yell at him 
And so the other stadium guy's like, you don't need to yell. What are you doing? I'm like, he's about to die. Give me the bag. <laughs> and so I'm still motioning to him to give me the bag. And so by now, you know, the other standing worker, he's kind of frustrated. And so he's like, well, he needs to get out of here. I said, he needs to live. And so then I, I look at him again. I see the look. I'm like, oh, my God. So I feel for a pulse. He doesn't have a pulse again. So I roll him back over. I'm like, we need a defibrillator. So I go back to town. And then by then they're like, uh, the police are like, okay, let them handle it. And I'm like, all right, but y'all need to get his bag valve mask going. So they finally put the pads on him. Then they shot him and he's good. Then the firefighter, the fire department shows up and he was great. But it just upset me because we had him back. And because of how nonchalant they were about getting the bag valve mask, he had to go back in the cardiac arrest for them and be like, oh, we need to hurry up. <laughs> I mean, if that tells you anything about the difference between being an ED in those moments where everybody's on the same page about the urgency and, you know, working right. together to make a difference, you know, you're trying, you know, clearly you knew what you were doing and, you know, you weren't getting the reactions you needed. So that, that ED nurse mentality came out a little bit like, I, know, I like how you put it, dude, let's go. I mean, it's, you know. Exactly, exactly. And it just, it, it ticks me off because I'm a big proponent of doing, you know, effective CPR. If, I, if we're in the ER and you're not doing effective CPR, I'm going to get you a off the patient. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you back up, you know, go record or something. Because at the end of the day, we're the ones that are going to help you have another day with your family. If we don't do our job, if we don't know our job, if we don't do it effectively, then we just cost a life to a brother, a mother, a sister, a father, a grandfather, someone, because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. And so I take that personally because I would want somebody to do that for me. So I, I have this conversation a lot when I, I spend time covering police officers and firefighters. When you get those mm -hmm. high adrenaline moments that aren't ordinary. Now you're used to being in codes and things like that, but mm -hmm. you walk up on something like this, there's a different kind of kick that probably comes through because you're in an austere environment. You got people like the stadium staff that maybe aren't responding, right? I'm sure there's a bit right. of a crowd starting to gather because they're like, what's going on on the ground over here? How do you... Pro, you know, how do you process this? Because you're still getting ready to go in to watch a football game that you've been waiting right. for all day. You know, <laughs> how, how does it start to process once he's in the rig and he's on his way for further care and you're still there like, it's a football game we're going to, right? I mean, did you think twice about going to the game at that point? No, not at all. Because the thing <laughs> was, is like, I handed off care and he's on his way to the hospital. So I'm like, cool, he's alive. We got it. I would say probably probably for the first five or ten minutes after he was loaded and gone, it started to hit me. It started to bother me that the stadium staff was so nonchalant in how they did everything. And so for I contemplated in the back of my head if I was going to file a complaint or anything like that. But it just it, it made me so mad. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, my brother's like, dude, we're about to still go watch the game because he's with me. And it was like it took him to say, drop it. Let's go enjoy this game. The event is over. Normally, I'm calm about, you know, doing CPR. You know, I'm probably one of the calmest people in the room, you know, but that bothered me only because I, I couldn't affect the change the way I wanted to. In the ER, as a charge nurse, I'm like, look, this is my unit today. I'm going to make sure everything runs smoothly. But when you're out in the middle of the concourse and you don't have jurisdiction or, and it's not your ER, you can't tell people to move and get out because you suck at CPR. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, 
that, that's a big victory right there to be able to save, you know, this man's life. And, you know, I understand that he's, he's doing well now, you know, I, I've seen some of the stories. It sounds like he, you know, they, you know, they took care of him the way they needed to. Right. Yeah. I actually spoke to his grandson who was there at the game. He, um, he said he was going to surgery on yesterday. And so uh, he texted me today and he said his grandfather was out of surgery. He said, he's doing great. He said, he asked about me. He wanted to speak with me. Uh, as soon as he uh, got his strength back. And so I was like, cool, give me my number. Tell him to call me whenever he wants to, you know, because, you know, like I said, you know, my grandparents have passed. You know, my grandfathers have passed. I have my grandmother. Yeah. I don't have a grandfather on either side. So I was like, look, I just gave me a grandpa. So yeah. you can call me anytime. And whenever I come back to Cincy, we can have a beer and chill. <laughs> well, he might not need a beer right now, but right. definitely we can go out. <laughs> Well, think about it this way, too. I mean, one of the, the hardest parts, you know, an emergency nurse goes through is a lot of times you do your job and you don't know what happens that, you know, much about what goes on with that patient next. You know, this is, right. a, you know, although this wasn't your patient in the true, you know, truest form of it, you know, here's a guy that yeah. you're going to have a connection to for the rest of your lives because you were able to be there for him. And obviously, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot going to be a lot of appreciation because, you know, he's he he made it another day, you know, and yeah. beyond because of that. Yeah, his daughter actually reached out to me on Facebook. Um, you know, it, it happened and it just, you know, after the game and everything, it kind of like uh, just, you know, left my mind. I didn't think about it no more, you know. Yeah. And so I got a, I get a call from the media because uh, uh, Terry Foster, uh, I posted on Facebook. I said, man, came all the way from Texas, you know, to see this game and end up doing CPR outside the stadium before the game. Who that? <laughs> and Terry Foster, who's the incoming uh, president of ENA, he, he called me and said, hey, did you really do CPR? I was like, yeah, he's alive. He's going to make He said, dude, that is awesome. He was like, yeah, man. Let's, he said, I'm going to contact my contact at uh, one of the uh, news media. And he, after that, I said, okay, cool. That's fine. And I just forgot about it. Yeah. And then he texted me the next day like, hey, she's going to call you today. I said, oh, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> and then she texted me. It was like, let's do the interview today. And I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. But the amount of attention that I got, I didn't think this would happen. I mean, yeah. it, is, it, it is, here at work, I got random people walking up to me say, hey, you're the guy from TV. And I'm like, yeah, I've been here five years and you never noticed me, but okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's all good. I mean, ultimately, I mean, it's a great story because of wherever it would have happened, it's a great story. But the fact that, you know, you still got to go out and enjoy, you know, a, a entertaining football game first off, but you got to see your Bengals get a playoff win for the first time in 31 years. In 31 years, yes. I was 11 years old when we got our first one. So I was excited, man. I was so excited. And so, the, the stadium atmosphere was just crazy, and I loved it, man. You would have preferred to not have somebody, you know, potentially die, you know, outside the stadium before a big day like that. But to have <laughs> right. the opportunity to make that kind of a difference and then go on and, and be there and see the game and, and get to enjoy that. Because, you know, obviously, you know, we, we love our sports teams wherever we're from and to have a moment like that. But when you get to do a little bit of work and, you know, and, and make a difference <laughs> like that, I mean, I, I'll never know what that's like, but it, it, it sounds yeah. like it, it, was, it was a great experience. And, and certainly, you know, you exemplified what it is to be an ED nurse, because it doesn't matter where you're at, you're always an ED nurse. Yeah, you're always an ED nurse. And it's so funny. I had another instance where I was on a plane coming back from um, the Dominican Republic. And there was a guy, the, the airline people were like, is there any healthcare workers on the plane? 
And I'm looking at my girlfriend at the time. I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, I don't feel like doing any work. And so then I see the guy going agonal. I'm like, oh, shoot. So I jump up. <laughs> and then I'm going to work on him on the airplane. <laughs> so it was just so funny. I was like, man, this is crazy, you know, to run into these situations. But I'm just glad, you know, that I was available to, you know, help out, you know, be able to give him uh, extra time with his family and, you know, to be able to correct the things that were wrong with him. And, you can go on and live a good life, you know. I was going to say that, you know, the, the biggest thing in here, obviously, we're, we're, we're joking around a little bit, but, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it was a serious situation. You were able to really, you know, do uh, a great thing and, and exemplify what it's all about to, to be an ED nurse and certainly represent ENA as well. Uh, you know, our members are always doing great things, but when stories like this rise yeah. up and certainly get the attention they do, uh, you know, it's something, you know, I'm, I'm second in line here, the, you know, the Washington Post and everybody else got to you before the ENA <laughs> podcast does, but, um, but yeah. it, it's an important story to tell and, and we appreciate you taking some time to, to share it and, 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 you know, share your, you know, your energy and your personality around something like yeah. this, because it uh, uh, certainly was a, an eventful day for you when it was supposed to be just a day of football, right? <laughs> Yeah, right. And no problem, Dan. Anytime, man. Um, you know, teaching TNCC, it's, you know, it's, it's great, you know, and to be able to have that effect on people. Um, it, it just, it, it, it excites me to know that teaching people TNCC and the trauma process and doing these things as an emergency nurse, that I can help people go help other people. And it just makes me that much more excited, you know, being a, a member of ENA. It's great. And, and Jerry, I, I appreciate you, uh, you spending some time with us today. And, and I hope that, uh, you know, being a you know, Chicago area guy, we've got no, nothing to root for in the playoffs. So I, I wish you and your Bengals the best of luck the rest of the way. Yes, thank you. Who day to Bengal Nation. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll do it for, for this episode of the ENA podcast. And again, as I, I, I thank Jerry for being a part of it. And, and we just we connected really quickly. And I appreciate him giving his time, especially coming right off of work to, to talk with me today. Um, and, you know, this really kicks off, uh, no pun intended, a great year of, of, of episodes here on the podcast. So we look forward to everybody joining us uh, through the year. And uh, certainly, we're always looking for great interviews and great ideas. So you know where to find us if you want to share an idea for a podcast episode, or to share a story of an ED nurse making a difference uh, in the ED, outside the ED, in parking lots, and sky decks, wherever <laughs> they're at, uh, you know, share that stuff. We'll love to have it on the podcast. Until next time, this is Dan Campana. We look forward to you joining us next time on the ENA podcast.